Section 12 of Anecdotes of Dogs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. Anecdotes of Dogs by Edward Jepsey. Chapter 3 The Collie or Shepherd's Dog. Part 3. There can be little doubt but that the dog I have been describing is possessed of almost human sagacity. The following is an extraordinary instance of it. It is related by Dr. Anderson, a young farmer in the neighborhood of Innerleithen, whose circumstances were supposed to be good and who was connected with many of the best store farming families in the county, had been tempted to commit some extensive depreciations upon the flocks of his neighbors, in which he was assisted by his shepherd. The pastoral farms of Tweeddale, which generally consist each of a certain range of hilly ground, had in those days no enclosures. Their boundaries were indicated only by the natural features of the country. The sheep were, accordingly, liable to wander and to become intermixed with each other, and at every reckoning of a flock a certain allowance had to be made for this, as for other contingencies. For some time Mr. William Gibson, tenant in Newby, an extensive farm stretching from the neighborhood of Peebles to the borders of Selkirkshire, had remarked a surprising increase in the amount of his annual losses. He questioned his shepherds severely, taxed them with carelessness in picking up and bringing home the dead, and plainly intimated that he had conceived some unfair dealing to be in progress. The men, finding themselves thus exposed to suspicion of a very painful kind, were as much chagrined as the worthy farmer himself, and kept their minds alive of every circumstance which might tend to afford any elucidation on the mystery. One day, while they were summering their lambs, the eye of a very acute old shepherd named Heslop was caught by a black-faced ewe which they had formerly missed, for the shepherds generally know every particular member of their flock, and which was now suckling its own lamb as if it had never been absent. On inspecting it carefully, it was found to bear an additional burn upon its face. Every farmer, it must be mentioned, impresses with a hot iron a particular letter upon the faces of his sheep as a means of distinguishing his own from those of his neighbors mr gibson's burn was the letter t and this was found distinctly enough impressed upon the face of the u but above this mark there was an o which was known to be the mark a tenant of warmiston the individual already mentioned it was immediately suspected that this and the other missing sheep had been abstracted by that person a suspicion which derived strength from the reports of the neighboring shepherds by whom it appeared the black-faced ewe had been tracked for a considerable way in a direction leading from warmiston to newby it was indeed ascertained that instinctive affection for her lamb had led this animal across the tweed and over the lofty heights between calsey and newby a route of considerable difficulty and probably quite different from that which he had been led away but the most direct that could have been taken mr gibson only stopped to obtain the concurrence of a neighboring farmer whose losses had been equally great before proceeding with some of the legal authorities to wormiston where miller the shepherd and his master were taken into custody and conducted to the prison of peebles on a search of the farm no fewer than thirty-three score of sheep belonging to various individuals were found all bearing the condemnatory o above the original burns and it was remarked that there was not a single ewe returned to greeston the farm on the opposite bank of the tweed which did not minnie her lambs that is assume the character of mother towards the offspring from which she had been separated the magnitude of this crime the rareness of such offences in the district 
and the station in life of at least one of the offenders produced a great sensation in Tweeddale, and caused the elicitation of every minute circumstance that could possibly be discovered respecting the means of the tail is the extent to which it appears that the instinct of dumb animals had been instrumental both in the crime and its detection while the farmer seemed to have deputed the business chiefly to his shepherd the shepherd seemed to have deputed it again in many instances to a dog of extraordinary sagacity which served him in his customary and lawful business this animal which bore the name of yarrow could not only act under his immediate direction in cutting off a portion of a flock and bringing it home to wormiston but is said to have been able to proceed solitarily and by night to a sheep-walk and there detach certain individuals previously pointed out by its master which it would drive home by secret ways without allowing one to straggle it is mentioned that while returning home with their stolen droves they avoided even in the night the roads along the banks of the river or those that descended into the valley through the adjoining glens they chose rather to come along the ridge of mountains that separate the small river lathan from the tweed but even here there was sometimes danger for the shepherds occasionally visit their flocks even before day and often when miller had driven his prey from a distance and while he was yet miles from home and the weather gleam of the eastern hills began to be tinged with the brightening dawn he has left them to the charge of his dog and descended himself into the banks of the lathan off his way that he might not be connected with their company yarrow although between three and four miles from his master would continue with care and silence to bring the sheep on to Wormiston, where his master's appearance could be neither a matter of question nor surprise. Near to the thatched farmhouse was one of those old square towers, or peel-houses, whose picturesque ruins were then seen ornamenting the course of the Tweed, as they had been placed alternately along the north and south bank, generally from three to six hundred yards from it, sometimes on the shin, sometimes in the hollow of a hill in the vault of this tower it was the practice of these men to conceal the sheep they had recently stolen and while the rest of their people were absent on sunday at the church they used to employ themselves in cancelling with their knives the earmarks and impressing with a hot iron a large o upon the face that covered both sides of the animal's nose for the purpose of obliterating the brand of the true owner while his accomplices were so busied yarrow kept watch in the open air gave notice without fail by his barking of the approach of strangers the farmer and his servant were tried at edinburgh in january seventeen seventy three and the proceedings excited an extraordinary interest not only in the audience but among the legal officials hislop the principal witness gave so many curious particulars respecting the instincts of sheep and the modes of distinguishing both by natural and artificial marks that he was highly complimented by the bench the evidence was so complete that both culprits were found guilty and expiated their crime on the scaffold the general tradition is that yarrow was also put to death though in a less ceremonious manner but this has probably no other foundation than a jeu de spirit which was cried through the streets of edinburgh as his dying speech we have been informed that the dog was in reality purchased after the execution of miller by a sheep farmer in the neighbourhood but did not take kindly to the honest courses and his new master having no work of a different kind in which to engage him he was remarked to show rather less sagacity than the ordinary shepherd's dog an instance of shrewd discrimination in the shepherd's dog almost as remarkable as that of poor yarrow was mentioned a few years ago in a green nook 
newspaper in the course of last summer says the narrator it chanced that sheep on the farm of a friend of ours in the water of stinkar were like those of his neighbors particularly affected with that common disease maggots in the skin to cure which distemper is necessary to cut off the wool over the part affected and apply a small quantity of tobacco juice or some other liquid for this purpose a shepherd sent off on the hill one morning accompanied by his faithful canine assistant laddie arrived among the flock the shepherd pointed out a diseased animal and making the accustomed signal for the dog to capture it poor maylie was speedily sprawling on her back and gently held down by the dog till the arrival of her keeper who proceeded to clip off a portion of her wool and apply the healing balsam during the operation laddie continued to gaze upon the operator with close attention and the sheep having been released he was directed to capture in succession two or three more of the flock which underwent similar treatment the sagacious animal had now become initiated into the mysteries of his master's vocation for he set off unbidden through the flock and picked out with unerring precision those sheep which were affected with maggots in their skin and held them down until the arrival of his master who was thus by the extraordinary instinct of laddie saved the world of trouble while the operation of clipping and smearing was also greatly facilitated often as i have attempted to make acquaintance with a collie dog i have never been able to succeed in producing any degree of familiarity on the contrary he has always regarded me with looks of shyness and suspicion his master appears to be the only being to whom he is capable of showing any degree of attachment and coiled up on his great coat or reposing at his feet he eyes a stranger with distrust if not with anger at the same time there is a look of extraordinary intelligence which perhaps is possessed by no other animal in a greater degree it has been said of him that although he has not the noble port of the newfoundland dog the affectionate fondling of the spaniel nor the fierce attachment which renders the mastiff so efficient a guard yet he exceeds them all in readiness and extent of intelligence combined with a degree of docility unequalled perhaps by any other animal in existence there is if the expression may be used a philosophic look about him which shows thought patience energy and vigilance during a recent visit in cumberland i took some pains to make myself acquainted with the character of this dog and i am now convinced that too much cannot be said of his wonderful properties he protects with indefatigable exertions the flock committed to his charge when we consider the dreary wilds the almost inaccessible heights the rugged hills and lofty mountains to which the sheep have access and to which man could scarcely penetrate that some sheep will stray and intermix with other flocks that the dog knows the extent of his walk as well as every individual of his flock and that he will select his own as well as drive away intruders we must admit his utility and admire his sagacity let me give another example of this in the words of ettrick shepherd it was related to me by himself and has since been published in the piercy anecdotes i once witnessed a very singular feat performed by a dog belonging to john graham the late tenant at ashdeal a neighbor came to his house after it was dark and told him that he had lost a sheep on his farm and that if he graham did not secure her in the morning early she would be lost as he brought her far john said he could not possibly get to the hill till next morning but if he would take him to the very spot where he lost a sheep perhaps his dog chieftain would find her that night on that they went away with all expedition lest the traces of the feet should cool and i then a boy being in the house went with them the night was pitch dark which had been the cause of the man losing his ewe 
and at length he pointed out a place to john by the side of the water where he had lost her cheap didn't fetch that said john bring her back sir the dog jumped around and around and reared himself up on end but not being able to see anything evidently misapprehended his master on which john fell to scolding the dog calling it a great many hard names he at last told the man that he must point out the very track that the sheep went otherwise he had no chance of recovering it the man led him to a gray stone and said he was sure she took the bray hillside within a yard of that chieftain come hither to my foot you great numbed whelp said john chieftain came john pointed with his finger to the ground fetch that i say sir bring that back away the dog scented slowly around the ground for some seconds but soon began to mend his pace and vanished into the darkness bring her back away you great calf vociferated john with a voice of exultation as the dog broke to the hill and as all these good dogs performed their work in perfect silence we never saw nor heard any more of him for a long time i think if i remember right we waited there about a half an hour during which time all the conversation was about the small chance the dog had to find the ewe for it was agreed on all hands that she must be long ago have mixed with the rest of the sheep on the farm how that was no man will ever be able to decide john however still persisted in waiting until his dog came back either with the ewe or without her at last the trusty animal brought back the individual lost sheep to our very feet which the man took on his back and went his way rejoicing the care the shepherds of the north of england take in preserving a pure breed of these dogs is very great and the value set upon them is proportionably high nor must the shepherds themselves be passed over without notice they are a shrewd sagacious set of men many of them by no means uneducated as is the case generally with the peasantry in the north of england indeed it is from this class that many scholars and mathematicians have done so much credit and i may add honour to the counties of cumberland and westmoreland an anecdote is related of a shepherd who was found by a gentleman attending his flock and reading a volume of milton what are you reading asked the gentleman why replied the shepherd i am reading an odd sort of a poet he would fain rhyme but does not know quite how to set about it the valleys or glens which intersect the grand Penn mountains are chiefly inhabited by shepherds the pastures over which each flock is permitted to range extend many miles in every direction the shepherd never has a view of his whole flock at once except that they are collected for sale or shearing his occupation is to make daily excursions into the different extremities of his pastures in succession and to turn back by means of his dog any stragglers which may be approaching the boundaries of his neighbors in one of these excursions a shepherd happened to carry along with him one of his children about three years old this is the usual practice among the highlanders who accustom their children from their very earliest infancy to endure the rigors of the climate after traversing his pasture for some time attended by his dog the shepherd found himself under the necessity of ascending a summit at some distance in order to have a more extensive view of his range as the ascent was too fatiguing for the child he left him in a small plain at the bottom with strict injunctions not to stir from it till his return scarcely however had he gained the summit when the horizon was suddenly darkened by one of those impenetrable mists which frequently descend so rapidly amidst these mountains as almost to turn day into night and that in the course of a few minutes the anxious father instantly hastened back to his child but owing to the unusual darkness he missed his way in the descent after a search of many hours amongst the dangerous morasses and cataracts with which these mountains abound he was at length overtaken by night still wandering on without knowing whither he at length came to the verge of the mist and by the light of the moon discovered that he had reached the bottom of his valley and was within a short distance of his cottage to renew the search that night was equally fruitless and dangerous and he was therefore obliged to return to his cottage having lost both his child and his dog who attended faithfully for years next morning by daybreak the shepherd accompanied by a band of his neighbors set out in search of the child 
but after a day spent in fruitless fatigue he was at last compelled by the approach of night to descend from the mountain on returning to his cottage he found that the dog which he had lost the day before had been home and on receiving a piece of cake had instantly gone off again for several successive days the shepherd renewed the search for his child but on returning at evening disappointed to his cottage he found that the dog had been home and on receiving his usual allowance of cake had instantly disappeared struck with the circumstance he remained at home one day when the dog as usual departed with his piece of cake he resolved to follow him and find out the cause of the strange procedure the dog led the way to a cataract at some distance from the spot where the shepherd had left his child the banks of the cataract almost joined at the top yet separated by an abyss of immense depth presenting that appearance which so often astonishes and appalls travellers who frequent the grampin mountains and indicates that these stupendous chasms were not the silent work of time but sudden effect of some violent convulsion of the earth down one of these rugged and almost perpendicular descents the dog began without hesitation to make his way and at last disappeared into a cave the mouth of which was almost on a level with the torrent the shepherd with some difficulty followed but upon entering the cave what were his emotions when he beheld his lost child eating with much satisfaction the cake which the dog had just brought to him while the faithful animal stood by eyeing his young charge with utmost complacence from the situation in which the child was found it appears that he had wandered to the brink of the precipice and then either fallen or scrambled down till he reached the cave which the dread of the torrent had probably prevented him from quitting the dog had traced him to the spot and afterwards prevented him from starving by giving up to him the whole or greater part of his own daily allowance he appears never to have quitted the child by night or day except when it was necessary to go for food and then he was always seen running at full speed to and from the cottage this extraordinary and interesting anecdote was taken from the monthly magazine of april eighteen o two and bears every appearance of authenticity it affords an instance of the sense affection and self-denial of a faithful animal and is recorded to his honour and as an example to the whole race of human beings mr daniel in the supplement to his rural sports gives the following account of the shepherd's dogs in north wales he says the sheep in this country are an ancient alpine sort how excellent the mutton is and that from their varying mode of life they assume very different habits to the sheep of an inland country while those of the shepherd's dogs are no less conspicuous the excellency of these animals renders sheep pens in a great degree unnecessary if a shepherd wishes to inspect his flock in a cursory way he places himself in the middle of the field or the piece of ground they are dispassuring and giving a whistle or a shout the dogs and the sheep are equally obedient to the sound and draw towards the shepherd and are kept within reach by one or more dogs until the business which required them to be assembled is finished in such estimation was this breed of dogs when the cattle constituted one of the grand sources of wealth to the country that in the laws of Hawilda, the legal price of one perfectly broken in for conditioning the flocks or herds to or from their pasturage was equal to that of an ox for example sixty denarii while the price of the house dog was estimated at only four which was the value of a sheep if any doubt arose as to the genuineness of the breed or as having been pastorally trained then the owner and a neighbour were to make oath that he went with the flocks or herds in the morning and drove them with the stragglers home in the evening i delight in seeing a shepherd's dog in full activity anxious to obey the directions of his master he runs with his utmost speed encompassing a large space of open country in a short time and brings those sheep that are wanted to the feet of his master indeed the natural talents and the gacity of this dog are so great partly by being the constant companion of his master and partly by education he may almost be considered a rational being mr smelly says that he reigns at the head of his flock 
and that his language whether expressive of blandishment or of command is better heard and better understood than the voice of his master safety order and discipline are the effects of his vigilance and activity sheep and cattle are his subjects these he conducts and protects with prudence and bravery and never employs force against them except for the preservation of peace and good order he not only understands the language of his master but when too distant to be heard he knows how to act by signals made with the hand how well de lille describes his faithful animal amiable autant coutil superbe caressant courage et docile formé pour le conduire et pour le protéger du troupeau qu'il gouverne il est le vrai berger le ciel l'a fait pour nous et dans leur cause rustique il fut des rois pasteurs le premier domestique mr charles darwin in his interesting travels in south america informs us that when riding it is a common thing to meet a large flock of sheep guarded by one or two dogs at the distance of some miles from any house or man he often wondered how firm a friendship had been established till he found the method of education consisted in separating the puppy while very young from the mother and accustoming it to its future companions in order to do this a ewe is held three or four times a day the little thing to suck and a nest of wool is made in the sheep pen at no time is it allowed to associate with other dogs or with children of the family from this education it has no wish to leave the flock and just as another dog will defend its master so will these the sheep it is amusing to observe when approaching the flock how the dog immediately advances barking till the sheep all close in his rear as if round the oldest ram these dogs are also easily taught to bring home the flock at a certain hour in the evening their most troublesome fault when young is their desire of playing with the sheep for in their sport they sometimes gallop their poor subjects almost unmercifully the shepherd dog comes to the house every day for some meat and immediately it is given he sulks away as if ashamed of himself on these occasions the house dogs are very tyrannical and the least of them will attack and pursue the stranger the minute however the latter has reached the flock he turns round and begins to bark and then all the house dogs take quietly to their heels in a similar manner a whole pack of hungry wild dogs will scarcely ever venture to attack a flock when under the protection of even one of these faithful shepherds End of chapter three